On today's episode, episode 12 of Physiotype, we're going to be doing something that's probably a bit overdue, which is we're going to be breaking down or doing a quick summary of each of the eight different personality types. Um, we'll be trying to do this alphabetically, but just a quick overview and maybe talk about some of the differences between men and women of each type as well. Um, yeah. We'll give you the MBTI letters, the functions, the physiotype, the three physiotype dichotomies, and then spend less than, spend roughly five minutes or so, probably on each one or less. Okay, so to start us off with NFJs. Traditionally speaking, their first two functions are NI and FE, and then they also have TI and SE. So in physiotype, they would be Meza Universal Supine. Um, you've said a little bit of your opinions on NFJs before. Yeah, sure. So their inverse is STP, right? And then let's, you know, we'll mostly be talking about them in relation to their main two functions, I guess, in INFE. NFJs, like SFJs, are very aware of people and social dynamics, and they're interested in them. And they generally derive pleasure or satisfaction from manipulating people, generally positively. Um, but this can also be negative. Um, I think because FJs are in the social domain, if they're pathological or negative, then they enjoy manipulating people um, negatively and if they're just a normal good person they're probably going to enjoy making people happy making people laugh serving people drinks but just on the other hand you know they could enjoy tricking people or gaining you know fooling people or manipulating someone's emotions yeah i uh i'm gonna okay i'm gonna try really quick to i i've been working on this like in my in the back of my head this this power framework or this um control framework I'm pretty sure a lot has already been said about how in, in psychology, control plays a large factor in the way people act and behaviors. Um, but I'm going to try and say a little bit something about control or need for control in each type. Because I think that every person, you know, one of the fundamental things that we need is to feel like we're in controlling our environment, like we're in control, we're manipulating the environment. Um, and so I'm going to try and say a little bit about something for control for each type. NFJ, I do have something in my head for control. The rest I'll have to make up on the spot and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, for NFJs, I think it's about knowledge. I think NFJs feel like they have control and they're in control of the world when they have knowledge that someone else doesn't. So because it's someone else doesn't, that's relation to people, FE, and then knowledge, I don't know. I just think that NFJs feel like they're in control when they have knowledge that someone else doesn't. And that's why they're often teachers as well, because if you're teaching, you're constantly reminding yourself that you have knowledge someone else doesn't. I can see that. I could, I could see that being the case. And this is, this isn't, this isn't physiotype, uh, Canon, by the way, this this control framework that I have in the back of my head, I barely even talked about it, but we're just going to I'm just going to throw it in here and we'll see what happens. Uh, I can I can see that being the case with like the number of NFJs that I've seen feel particularly happy when they feel like they are the enlightened ones in a room. That's basically the same thing you're saying where like you feel like they they are the most comfortable when they have something you don't and they're giving it to you or they are passing it. Um, I don't know the right way to word this, but I, I agree. I agree. Or even on the negative side, if they're not giving it to you, I think it's fine to like enjoy teaching. Like that's a it's not a negative quality, really. I mean, it could be annoying at worst. Um, but I think on the on the real negative hand, they could the the dynamic, the power dynamic, the control dynamic they have is about keeping information from you like uh spoilers teasers ruining a book you're reading ruining a show you're watching for instance as an example uh -huh, um, uh -huh. yeah it's about their knowledge and how it relates to you uh -huh. i don't know i could see that being the case yeah i'd have to think about it some more but just off the cuff it feels right yeah rightish yeah and the on the positive least. side it's they're just good teachers and enjoy imparting knowledge what are some differences you've seen between NFJ men and women? NFJ men seem really, really common, um, and NFJ women seem fairly uncommon. I feel like NFJs, the the type, NF, the NFJ type is really masculine, 
Um, and it could just be my own bias that I don't see NFJ women, but honestly, like I see so few NFJ women. Um, so I don't have much to say about that. What do you think? I only know of one. Um, and again, it might be some kind of bias on my part. Like I just, I don't typically see NFJs not much in my life anyways. Um, I know the NFJ men that I know, it's funny, like NFJ men often give me like the first split vibe of being local. Like most of the NFJ men I know, like if I would have just met them for like five seconds, 10 seconds, I would have been like, I don't know anything about this guy, but he's probably local. Agreed. Um, Which is interesting. And I don't know why that's the case, because you talk to them for more than five seconds and it becomes pretty obvious that they are universal. And NFJs are, I'd also say NFJs are, on average, NFJs are the most likable type. You'll like them instantly, regardless of their personality type. There's, I know lots of NFJs who are terrible people who you just like instantly. Like, even I feel like I'm good at reading people, I'll often meet an NFJ like, oh, I like this guy. Now with NFJ women, I can't really say, because again, I only really know one. So that's not like... If anecdote was a bad thing to be using, like a sample size of one is even worse. But the one I do know, she does seem fairly universal. Like I probably would would have seen her as universal when I first started talking to her. Um, There's tons of NFJs in Hollywood, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of them, lots of them. But yeah, I think Um, NFJs are the most masculine type because I think we've toyed around with the idea of masculinity and femininity. And I think NISE is more masculine than NESI and... F-E-T-I is more masculine than F-I-T-E. So NFJs and SDPs should be the most masculine type according to our hand-waving yeah. masculinity theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. NFPs is the next in uh, alphabetical order if we want to keep on doing that. Yes, the least masculine type. <laughs> Technically, well, yeah, that along with STJs. Although even STJs, I feel it depends on the individual. I do know STJs that are very effeminate. Um but yeah, NFPs. Um, so so you're an NFP, Alex. So I should, yeah, I am. That's Let's remind me. the audience. Hello. Um, so N E F I T E S I. So meta universal supine. NFPs. Um, I don't know. What do you think NFPs are like, Colby? Um, NFPs are usually fairly agreeable. Um, fairly open. They're fairly rare, especially in men. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a lot of male NFPs, unfortunately. I think NFPs are like, there's so many SFPs, right? So I kind of like view NFPs. I think, okay, NFPs are like SFPs in this way and different than SFPs in that way. And that's kind of how, like, those are my heuristics for describing NFPs. But, uh, so using those heuristics, what would you say? Well, they're open mentally, like, they're open mentally just as much as SFPs are open physically, um, in the openness sense of the the big five openness sense of the word. Like they're open to new ideas, but they're not as open to new experiences. I think they're still fairly open to new experiences in general. Um, NFPs are generally very friendly. They're usually pretty like soft and easy to get along with and open. I mean, I feel like you should be doing more of the talking here (laughs) (laughs) on this one. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like what are NFPs like? Um, they are rare. That's a, that's a problem. Is that we don't have just much like anecdotal experience with them. Yeah, I will say, jumping ahead a little bit to like males versus females. Female NFPs, I've seen seem like way more extroverted in like the layman sense of the term extroverted. Like in my experience, female NFPs are a lot more talkative, more bubbly. Um, they're like, they're basically like bubbly SFPs, but with a lot more random crap that they're saying, um, male NFPs, all the ones I know are very like moderate in speech, moderate in appearance. They're just very moderate in general. Like even the ones that are really smart, like you won't know it until you've been talking to them for a couple weeks even. And usually like, I feel like I'm by far the most extroverted male nfp i know most of the time they're always very quiet or moderate i'm using the word moderate a lot but i feel like it's, you mean like mellow like uh they're mild in habit mild in yeah uh affect or something um should we do like a little bit of uh 
physiology with each each person just i was just thinking that yeah yeah i guess we should jump back to nfj sure so nfj real quick right hazy eyes because they're in eye so like if 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 an nfj has green eyes they will not be bright green they will tend to be like a soft green or like a hazy green it's like imagine that and this is with truth all in eye people that you have the color of the iris is that what you call it the the, the colored part and then you yeah, put like yeah. a little just a slightly uh opaque sheen over it and that's how you can tell an ni versus any user is um right just like that it gets cloudy eyes almost it's like yeah yeah color is less and it's it's bright. slight it's not it's not a huge thing but it's definitely there yeah and it's like if you're looking at someone with any si into their eyes it's like looking straight into super clear water and seeing right. the iris if you're looking at someone with ni se it's like the slightest bit of cloudiness in the water. Yeah. And then NFJs should have low labiamental creases or, or uh, lower than average, you know. Um, they could have big chins or they could have small chins, but generally they're going to have a slightly low labiamental crease. And uh, they, they're FE, right? So their uh, proceris should be fairly active and they'll have a lot of uh, movement in their eyebrows and be able to, they'll move their eyebrows around a lot for. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, also, a wider face. Yep. Especially to men. Um, also, I have this theory that NFJs are short. I can think of at least one that's tall. But that's like one out well, of the four I know. I guess I'm wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I don't know. It's just a pet theory, so we should check it out someday. That, w- that would be an easy one to test is height of each types. Okay, and then appearance of NFPs. Usually big eyes. And he usually has larger eyes, right? Like extroverted, mm-hmm. extroverted, func- extroverted sensing has larger eyes, clearer yeah, eyes. Yeah, M- more outset, not as inset. So it's okay. like not only are their eyes larger, it looks like their eyes are coming out of their face a little bit more. They usually have bad posture. I don't know a single male NFP anyways that has good posture. Yeah. FI is generally um, poor posture, yeah. Yeah, yeah. More slender face, more angular features like on their nose yep. and their chin. Um, you have a fairly low labial mental crease, actually. It's not super high. I, but that's kind of expected, though, for an NFP. If labial mental crease is related to meta versus meza in general. Okay, yeah. that I was asking you that. I, I had forgotten whether we agreed labial mental crease was FE versus FI, or was it just meta and meta in general? It's just meta and meta in general, right? But yeah, yeah. That's the idea, anyways. Okay. Uh, typically, like length, just lengthier limbs. Yeah. Longer fingers. Like. Yeah, FPs are going to be lengthy. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to what? In NTJ. Yeah, I think so. NTJ. Um. So NTJs. So N I T E F I S E. Uh, meza universal prone. Yep. Um. NTJs. All the NTJs in my life are good, happy, healthy NTJs. And that's great because they're some of the best people around when they're good, happy, and healthy. Yeah. But when they're not healthy and when they're not happy, uh, they can be pretty annoying as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's not for nothing that... Um, it's not just that... So this is true of people who type as NTJ, but also NTJs in general. NTJs can be a bit uh, pseudo-intellectual, for sure. And, like, to the layman's eyes, it'll be hard to tell the difference between a really smart NTJ and just, like, an average NTJ. Because typically NTJs just have that... It's not even, like... They just give off that vibe of they know what they're talking about. Cynicism, criticism, and confidence... And not making too many claims, but more just like breaking down claims. And so, of course, it's going to be hard to appear dumb if you're not actually making any claims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and it, it's same with every type. Like every type that's unhe- when they're unhealthy, they're going to be annoying and they're going to have they're going to have things about them that are negative. Um, I think the why I say this specifically about NTJs is because an unhealthy NTJ will do things that I could see myself doing in my head when I'm annoyed at someone, which is exactly what you're saying. Breaking down claims without having any counter, anything to actually add to the argument. But yeah, despite all the negativity I just said, like I, I love NTJs. Oh yeah, no, I um, there are some of my favorite people, like my sister is an NTJ, we get along great. 
one of my best friends is an NTJ. Yeah. They are relatively prone to having um, unsubstantiated theories, which is fine. And I think everyone is prone to that to some degree. But I think NTJs are less likely to realize that their theories are unsubstantiated. Uh, when they're smart, they're real smart. You know, when they're smart, they're useful smart. You know, they're, uh, they're fun to be around. Um, despite the like MBTI stereotype, like I think NTJs can be great at parties, uh, especially if they're smart and happy individuals. No, it's great. Like think of like if if you're talking about like a smart, happy NTJ, then it's just like an SFP, but just like a bit more universal, and um, it's just like a it's like a universal intellectual SFP kind of sometimes, and it's just kind of fun. Whatever. Okay, physically, um, so. Yeah, taller skulls, they're not going to have wide faces generally. They will tend to have fairly low labial mental creases, right? Wider face, at least anecdotally, I've seen them having wider faces than like NFPs, for example. But still, on average, not as wide as an NFJ or an SFJ. Agreed. Um, yeah, low labial mental crease, like you said. Cloudy eyes, like we've talked about. And usually like narrow, like smaller eye holes and more inset eyes, so further in on the z axis honestly like and we talked about this a bit already like it's funny how similar types look to their inverses like later on when we talk about sfps we're going to be saying a lot of the similar same things that we're saying right now well they're fi so they can have bad posture often too they they can often be lanky i think too yeah so like you'll see you'll see when we talk about physical traits you'll see the you'll see us connecting the functions more. You'll see like, oh yeah, so NTJs look similar to SFPs and NFPs in the same because they all share FITE, you know. Um, differences between men and women? Not much. I don't feel like, I feel like women, like women NTJs are like fairly masculine. Like they're like not masculine looking, like they're just as pretty as any other type in feminine ways. But um, I feel like w- women NTJs are like very masculine mentally yeah yeah i think like ntjs and stjs have like the least amount of difference between the men and the women especially ntjs um i will say and ntj men aren't going to be like you know quintessential bros or anything so it it goes both ways like ntj men aren't like hyper masculine and ntj women aren't hyper feminine so yeah no it's interesting um even like just even in minute behaviors, like they they both seem equally as extroverted on average. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that till now, but uh, there aren't a lot of differences between them. I will say, I think NTJ women are far more likely to really like pets than NTJ men. Um, I don't know any NTJ men that like have insisted in having pets, but I can think of at least two. NTJ women that that want cats or have cats or have had cats. Yeah. It's usually cats too. Okay, and then um I think NTJ women will have that kind of extravagant trashy style that um men won't. I mean, when I say extravagant trashy, I just mean like it's like like too much. Like uh maybe they'll like their jewelry too much or they'll their their room will be just be like it'll they'll take a theme and just go to the nth degree with it and i feel like yeah, men don't too, as much too many too many succulents too many branches on their wall yeah. too many so yeah, I think in that yeah. way ntj women and sfp women are similar but like ntj men usually i don't i can't imagine their style being excessive as much as ntj women yeah ntj men have very moderate styles they're usually at least the ones I can think of off the top of my head usually are trying to s- to look more on the proper end of the casual scale than like super casual. Other than that, though, they all seem pretty average. Yeah, I think we're ready to move on. So now it'll be what? We did the... Oh, NTPs. Yes, NTPs. So N-E-T-I, F-E, S-I, yep. uh, meta-universal prone. Colby, what are you like? What are NTPs like? Uh, I'm an NTP, and I will try not to fall into the trap of saying NTPs are like me, you know, because that's not how it works. But I'm fairly... My excesses are excesses that you would expect of an NTP. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for me just to describe NTPs by describing myself. Um, Yeah, you're not like some crazy, rare subtype. Yeah, yeah. No. um, I mean, I'm pretty extreme in certain 
aspects, but it's extreme in ways that you'd expect an NTP to be extreme. Um, so, you know, NTPs have any, so of course, you're going to be intellectually open. Um, TI, TI is meta and it feels like a meta thinking function too, you know, very granular, specific. Um, NTPs can be quite disagreeable. I am uh, an open. Um, they can be kind of crazy looking, you know, like, so like the kind of the typical or, or like the caricature of an NTP would be like the crazy scientist, right? Mad scientist in a, um, in a movie. That's, that's almost always going to be like an NTP. Um, usually not acted, usually not actually cast as an NTP actor, but usually the, the person who writes the character of a crazy scientist, almost always an NTP, right? So like kind of like out there, yeah. but smart and loony and yeah. Um, Rick from Rick and Morty is an NTP except for his voice. And NTPs, do, you know, they do have FE, um, so they can definitely be reminiscent of SFJs and the fact that they, like, might care about clothing or parties. Um, I did this fun little, uh, it was a useless thing, but I was saying, like, all the different robot types. So, like, uh, oh, all the rationals I was calling robots, and I, I forget what I was, what was I saying? It was something like... Well, I sometimes I refer to in, uh, NTPs as robots that like to party. Do you like to party? Yeah. Yeah, I like having a good time. I like But like the difference is like yeah, so like if I I'll still be an intellectual annoying universal person while I'm at a party. So, instead <laughs> of like if af- after a few drinks some some masculine men will like try and start a fight, but after a few drinks I'll just be like I can mathematically prove that you're going to die. Um, so it's just like, yeah, robots that like to party. Um, I will say, I will say that with NTPs, I see a lot of difference between the men and the women. Yeah. Um, they're probably between like NTPs and STPs. I think they're the ones I see the most difference. Um, for example, an NTP woman, I wouldn't expect to i mean i know you're hyperbolizing but i wouldn't expect to even have that same kind of frame of thought of like yeah. even at parties she's talking about uh, these nihilistic sad depressing super abstract concepts um and i think i think part of that is because ntp women and stp women are typically have higher fe and they're just more likely to adapt to the social situation at hand yeah, NTP women and even ENTP women can be quite mild and moderate in habits, despite the stereotypical NTP. Um, and you'll often like not even, you know, you'd be, you might even just type them as SFJ casually or something. Like you wouldn't really know. NTP women are kind of um, fly under the radar a bit. Male NTPs are usually extravagant, you know, like in some fashion. They're just, they're weird in some way, but mm-hmm. NTP women are very mild and. Especially if they're smart NTP. But again, I guess this is any anyone that's smart. But I feel like a smart NTP woman is kind of similar to like a smart NFP male in that you might not realize how smart they are until you're like well into a conversation with them. I think NTP men, and I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if like NTP women are just more likely to well, I mean, they're more supine, right? Uh, typically, so Should I guess be. it could just—they could just be being more modest. I don't know, but I think NTP men—you can, like you're saying—you can typically tell right off the bat that if they're not like smart, at the very least, they're thinking on a different—they're thinking about something very different than the rest of the people at the party. They can be very publicly universal. Like it's they—they—they're not afraid to. I don't know. I feel like that at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just yeah. me. I think they're, yeah. And you, I think going back to NFPs, I think that's that's kind of the opposite thing with NFP men and NFP women is NFP women, not only are they more extroverted typically, they're also more publicly universal, it seems to me. Right. And when, um, I, when we're saying publicly universal, I guess it means like normally when you meet someone or you're at a party, it's inappropriate to be universal. Like it's it's kind of weird. Like it's usually considered odd behavior to talk like it's, for some reason, it makes people uncomfortable when you get too universal. Um, so that's what we're saying, right? Too universal, too quick. Yeah. Yeah. NFP women don't care or are unaware. And I think NTP men are similar in that aspect. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy it. Again, 
I, we're basing all of this off of anecdote, so yeah, you know. yeah, it's a very informal episode. Um, yeah, okay. NTP physical characteristics: big eyes because they're extroverted sensing. Um, they're FE, so they have a proceris. Uh, they have a active proceris. Uh, T, so they're gonna have prone eyebrows, but also it's it's TI, so they're gonna have like cartoonish prone kind of like it'll come down at the end too, right? Uh, high labiomental crease because they're meta. Can have yep, fairly fat yep. heads. I mean, there's definitely like not fat heads. I've seen some. I've seen some some lanky NTPs like Vitalik Buterin. He's like super uh, lanky and uh, doesn't have a white head, and he's very NTP. I agree. I agree. I think like the white head thing. It's like it's definitely a thing that tracks on average with FETI, but I think it's one of the things that tracks the least well. Mm. Yeah, because I, I can definitely think of like plenty of NTPs who are lanky lanky skulls even right 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 so like if you're if you're stuck between two different types when you're typing someone physically i would not recommend depending on the width of their head to be the the deciding factor definitely have other things in mind and then you know if they have a wider head they're they're slightly more likely to be fe but maybe not rely on that solely oh i forgot i was i was gonna try and do the uh control uh oh yeah yeah yeah. let's see I, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep it up, but NFJ, I, I said, uh, who is after NFJ? NFP? Oh, what yes. kind of control do they want? I have no idea because I don't know many NFPs. What kind of, like, if you if you look into your darkest uh, darkest area of your mind, Alex, you want control, don't you? How do you, <laughs> how do you get that need for control satisfied? This is very anecdotal. I want control. What do you want control what of? What do I want how control How do you satisfy of? that need? Is it knowledge? Is it information? Is it other people? Is it, uh, is it the color of your walls? Um, this is a terrible question to ask FI dominant person. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. It's definitely not the color of my walls. I occasionally have like a hero complex, but I don't think that's typical of NFPs. I think that might just be a me thing. Um, that's good. Glad to hear you talk bad about yourself. So someone's <laughs> got to do it. I mean, he doesn't have a hero complex, though. But let's go with that. Maybe that's maybe that's NFP's uh, control thing is is heroism. Maybe, probably not. I feel like it doesn't seem like an NFP thing. I guess we I guess we don't know for NFPs. Uh, NTJs, what kind of control do they want? Um, pretty typical. Like I would say, like knowledge or intellect. Like feeling like they have knowledge or intellect someone doesn't have. Yeah, they definitely want some information control as well. It's different than NFJs. Um, it's, though, less re- NFJs... it's less relational, though. Yeah, so NFJs, like, NFJs want, to feel... want the inter- Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. You first. Okay, yeah, because I'm just going to say the same thing you were. NFJs, like, it's about the personal relationship, but the the knowledge as it relates to the personal relationship. And I feel like NTJs want control, like, I don't know. It's almost the same as NFJs, but it feels more less manipulative and more... Um, pompous like it's more like i don't know what do you think like what information they have they don't care how that relates to them helping or hurting another person they just like to know that they have something that someone else doesn't yeah yeah intellectually at least It's, it's less they don't use it as much as they don't use it as much as a social tool agreed yeah Okay, control yeah. for, I know we, we've probably been spending too long on each one, and I know I'm slowing us down at the control thing, but I, so I'll try and go through it fast. Uh, NTP control, uh, this one isn't nearly as, ne- like I, can, I can't even think of a negative aspect for this one, but for me, okay, so I'm just, I guess I'm just saying my control issue is I need to understand how something works 100%, like all the way down the chain, like first principles, and that's when I feel like I have control, when I not only know something well enough to use it, but know understand something well enough to build it then i have control because i truly understand something but that sounds that's you can't apply many negative aspects to that so maybe i'm being um bias or i don't know what do you think about ntps and control i'm not sure i'm not sure um what you're saying what you're saying kind of rings with me so maybe i can think of something Mm -hmm. that's more that relates back to nfp based off what you're saying maybe ntp just Um, want people to think that they're smart I definitely want people. I I want people to think that I'm smart. That's. I mean, I think lots of people do, but I think maybe that could be 
excessively true in my case. I don't know. I, I want people to think that I'm smart and it's typically like, I don't care if people think I'm smart about cars, but I care if people think I'm not smart about like something I do care a lot about, like ecology, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel uncomfortable when someone asks like a physiotype question that I have no idea what the answer is to it. I don't know. Maybe it's something along those lines as well. Like if, if NFJs and NTJs are sharing a similar thread, maybe NFPs and NTPs are sharing a similar thread of like needing to feel in complete control of their domain. I don't know. There's more to add there, but I'm not smart enough to think about it right now. There might be there might be something here, but for now we don't have much. Should we move on to SFJs? SFJs, so S-I-F-E-T-I-N-E. And you remember these these functions are in order only in the two groups. So they could be, you know, F-E-S-I or S-I-F-E depending on their extroversion or introversion or even just subtypes there. And we, we're not too worried about the the groupings, whether it's FE or SI or SIFE. Either way, they're both very dominant. Well, you're married to an SFJ. How would you describe SFJs? I think Kinsey's pretty quintessential SFJ. So, And, and also SFJs are fairly common. So, okay. Uh, one of the highest in conscientiousness Um and they're local too, so that helps with the so like very high in conscientiousness. All SFJs, or you know, on average, SFJs are very high in conscientiousness. Very fairly local. I feel like the women are more local than the men. Usually, they're FE, so of course they enjoy hosting a party. They enjoy um, they enjoy group dynamics. They enjoy understanding those dynamics and making people happy. Or you know, if they're a bad SFJ, then I imagine that they would enjoy bullying, for instance. You know. Um, because that's a social dynamic, but it's a negative. It's a negative way to uh, exert power and experience a social dynamic. Local conscientious social dynamics are important. They can either be a host if they're a good SFJ or a bully if they're a bad SFJ. Typically, very good cooks. Typically, have a very nicely put together house, especially female SFJs. SFJs are another one that I feel like there's there's quite a bit of difference between the men and the women. And they're they're more conservative for sure too. And I think, well, it's funny because sometimes conservative goes hand in hand with conscientiousness, and sometimes it doesn't. Because like NTJs can be quite conscientious, but I don't think they're nearly as conservative as SFJs. I agree. But I think SFJs are conservative generally, um, socially conservative. So, do you feel that way about SFJ men? Yeah, I think SFJ men are often socially conservative, or they're more like traditional. Okay, let's just put it this way. This is similar but slightly different. Um, they have very strong expected norms. So that's why SFJ men are usually like very uh, typically masculine, like a typical masculine man. And SFJ women are typical feminine women because they have uh, strong feelings about the norms that they believe in. Oh, this is how things should be. You know, men should be men. Women should be women. Uh, In my experience with young SFJ men, so like SFJ men in like my age group, your age group, around our age, even a little younger. Um the ones I'm close with are typically I don't know, 20%, 30% less conscientious than the SFJ women. I would wager that women in general are more conscientious and more open both in thought and in action than SFJ women. So like one example I'm thinking of is very, like, it's like, you know how, like, you've got, like, those super crazy SFP guys that want to climb mountains and all that all the time compared to, like, a normal SFP that, like, maybe enjoys climbing mountains, but, like, it's going to do so safely. I don't know. I'm pulling a bad example here. But basically, I've got an SFJ friend that from first appearance, you could probably guess that he was SFP based on his enjoyment of hiking and his enjoyment of climbing trees and stuff like that. Um, But he is far more conscientious than any SFP guy I know, but still quite a bit less conscientious than any of the SFJ women I know. And I have another SFJ friend that's not as extreme of an example as this guy, but it's kind of a similar pattern where like, it's like if you took an SFJ woman and you gave her the openness to experience of a stereotypical SFP man, you'd get these guys. Yeah, 
Um, and I've only seen this in men. And I've only seen this in like young guys. Never seen this in like anyone over the age of 30. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it's... I know like the first guy I was talking about, his mom is like a super hippie SFP. So, you know, could be a lot of nurture in there as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I just thought it's interesting. I think uh, SFJs can all, SFJ men can also play the pseudo intellectual game a little bit too. You know, they mm -hmm. uh, value their intelligence too much, probably, and you know, I think that yeah. it's it's more. I would say that's like that's more common for an SFJ. There, you're more likely going to see an SFJ pseudo intellectual than an SFP pseudo intellectual. I guess is what I'm saying. And by pseudo intellectual, to be clear, what I mean by this is. Someone who is disingenuous, disingenuously interested in "quote unquote" intellectual subjects. So the reason for your interest in these subjects is because of the appearance that it gives to you, rather than your actual interest in the subjects. And that's mostly what it is. And that makes sense, right? Because meta. So anything where you're signaling is going to be more meta, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And men are more—I don't know—men are uh, men are more prone to arrogance. So arrogance, uh, meta. There you go. Um, anything to add here? Oh, I guess physical. Basically picture an NTP with less crypts in their eyes and maybe a bit whiter face than even the NTP. Yeah. Um, a little more supine. Other than that, a little bit more supine probably. Other than that though, they're pretty, they're pretty similar. So now we're doing SFP, I guess, right? Yeah. SFPs. Um, my favorite, second favorite, third favorite, depends on the day type um sfps are s-e-f-i-t-i-s-e so a meza local supine um how well do you get along with sfps colby good there's so i get along with sfps well there's always just a little bit so with men there's always just a little bit of like a disconnect it's like me and SFP, me and SFP men like know we like each other and get along, but it's almost like no matter how much time we spend together, there's always there will always be like this unbridgeable divide that we both just barely realize exists. Even though like we get along, but there's like this there's this ineffable gap between us. It fills this way. That's funny. Yeah, um, with SFP women. I get along really well with SFP women. Yeah. That's funny. That's interesting. I, I get along with both, but like the, that unbridgeable divide definitely is there with men. Like no matter how well I get along with SFP men, it's like we're kind of like on different planets. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Before we get too deep and like the differences, um, SFPs in general, well, they're local, right? They're going to be more interested in, uh, the utilitarian in the there, what's there in front of them? Yeah, um, they're very local. They're local and meza. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, they're supine, and they're fi on top of that. So at least in my experience, SFPs are probably the most likely to have pets and to enjoy pets, and to treat their pets as a family member. SFPs are. They're usually like really into nature and so like stereotypically, which you can do with a lot of SFPs is you stereotypes is, you know, they're the hippie. They're the one with a lot of pets. They're the one with a lot of plants. They're the one who loves rock climbing. They're the one who doesn't wear deodorant. They're like the one who's like does extreme sports and just doesn't even think about how dangerous it is. Alex Honnold, you know, is a typical like crazy SFP who just climbs El Capitan free solo. They're very like their SFPs are like the purest. They can get into flow and get involved in what they're doing more than any other type. Right, right, yeah. More than NTJs even because they're pure Mesa, but they're also pure local. So or not pure local. Well, they're pure Mesa, but they're also local. Is what I'm saying. So it's like they. I bet they most of them can like spend probably hours without even without forming an actual word in their head ever they're thinking but they're not doing something so meta as language in their head i bet for hours as they're painting a mural or climbing a wall or whatever it is i think sfps um despite the amount of stereotypes you can put on them they're also some of the most 
Highly variable too. Yep. Highly variable types. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, they can be very mild in speech. They can be incredibly eccentric in speech. They can have pretty moderate opinions on things, or they can be some of the most opinionated people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting how much variability is there. I, I don't know why that's the case, but it's definitely more variability than I than I can see in any other type at yeah. all. They're very, they're highly spiritual, you know, highly um whether it's whether they're spiritual in the traditional religious sense, whether it's uh you know they're not into Western religion but they love astrology or something, or whether they're just some like psycho religious SJW. Like you see them, you see no matter where they are, they're religious. Or they could be a religious atheist, you know. And when I say religious, you know mm-hmm. what I mean because religion is can be political, it can be atheistic, it can be anything. But SFPs are highly religious people. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're the most willing to draw attention to themselves because of their belief systems, too. Mm. Um, like, you mentioned astrologers, but, like, I don't know, these people that pretty much anyone you see that's out in the street that is dressed in a way. And I'm not talking about, like, a religion they're born into because that's a little that's different, obviously. But, like, anyone who chooses to dress or appear in an eccentric way because of their belief system, I give, like, an 85% chance that they're SFPs. Yeah. Whether it be, like, dyed green hair because they have the right to do it or they are dressed in a furry suit because they feel like they're furries. Like They're, they're wearing nothing but tie-dye or they're a woman with her shirt and bra off marching in for some cause. And for some reason she has to be naked in the cause, you know, like that's always going to be an oh. SFP, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's interesting. That I, I feel like that's significant somehow. Yeah. SF, SFPs are, I don't know, to me, they're one of the most interesting types just because there's such high variability. Um, they're so religious, so spiritual. Yeah. yeah they, they, there's a lot of interesting things going on with a lot of SFPs. You already mentioned that like a lot of athletes are SFPs. Um, something I've noticed as well is like a lot of like video game athletes, quote unquote. I don't know what the, the proper term is for that, but like a lot of these people who are pro gamers, yeah, yeah, pro gamers. A lot of them are SFPs as well, and I suspect it's because of how how I'm sure SE helps a lot in those high paced. Yeah. I think it's almost, it's almost the same thing. Like the difference between rock climbing and playing a video game when it comes to physiotype, it's very similar. Cause it's like you just get into flow and you do the thing and you don't think about it. You just act. Yeah. Thinking about it slows you down too much and causes you to lose. Yeah. Whether it means falling off the mountain or losing the match. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if like some of the best LOL leagues out there are just like full of SFPs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. One NTJ yeah. as the leader and then a bunch of SFP, uh, warriors out there just going crazy and being the best at what they do um differences between men and women there's definitely differences S- sfp men can be hyper masculine sometimes yes and hyper feminine yes. <laughs> yes also <laughs> and sfp women on the other hand can be hyper masculine or hyper feminine <laughs> right <laughs> yes it's funny. true <laughs> um when it comes to like their aesthetic, like they're the ones most likely to have a theme that they're the ones that are most likely to have picked a theme and to have stuck with it and to have also made it look good. Whether that be the way they just, they they decorate their house or the way they dress, um, I've noticed that a lot in SFP women. Um, there's a there's a family that I'm friends with where. Three out of the four of them are SFP women. And you can really, really see it in the way their home is decorated and the way the individual rooms are decorated. Like, they do not have a single item in that house that's there purely because it looks nice and nothing else. And I think that's really interesting. It kind of goes back to what we were saying before um, about, like, signaling and how FE and FI attach things to their personality. To the identity. Oh, another interesting thing is uh, SFPs, I I will wager uh, that they're more likely to have random diseases you've never heard of. <laughs> uh, yes. You're going to find more SFPs with Lyme disease. 
Um, yeah. And so like yeah. for Lyme disease, I'm not going to say it's a random disease no one's heard of. But the thing is with Lyme disease, it's the way it affects you seems to be extremely variable, right? And so I think because SFPs are more in tune with their body, I hate actually, I hate that phrase because SFPs feel things stronger inside them in, that are inherent in their bodies. Uh, they're going to notice things like I don't think SFPs have Lyme disease more. I just think they know they have Lyme disease and they have it more often. Right. Yeah. Same thing with mono. Um, like mono is definitely like a real disease. Like everyone can get mono yet. The only people I know who have told me that they had mono have been SFPs. Yeah. Like all of them. Like, and there's no way only SFPs get mono, but it seems like if they're not at the very least, they're the only ones that notice there, there might be some other factor as well. Like maybe SFPs for some reason want to talk about mono more, but it seems less likely to me. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, that every type has good and bad um, qualities. One bad quality is, I think we mentioned a lot of good qualities. One bad quality I think might exist. Like this, these are all, this is all just like a framework conversation. I could totally be wrong, but throwing it out here, I think SFPs um, are more often going to um, pity party. Um, What's the word? They want to feel oppressed. They want to feel marginalized. They want to feel like there's something wrong with them. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I mean? Um, I do know what you mean, and I do know there's there's a word for it. Well, I, they they want identity, and sometimes identity is gained through a unique disease or depression, or um, and obviously these these are all real things. But I'm saying there's a number of factors that could cause you to be more prone to diagnose your, maybe they're overdiagnosed or maybe they're incorrectly diagnosed or maybe they're just more aware. And so when they do have a mental or physical disease, they're just more likely to know about it, I would say, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's more important to them. It's, it becomes part of their identity. I think SFPs are also prone to like having like a hero complex, savior complex, um, like with everything that's going on right now with the uh, BLM movement and things like that. Um, the people, white people that have been the most likely to talk about the movement and to have the strongest feelings about it by far have been SFPs. Yeah. Not saying that, you know, other types don't care about the stuff involved, but they are the ones who are by far the most likely to bring it up by far to talk about it for a long period of time and to exhibit the strongest feelings as they're talking about it. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. And this goes back to SFPs being more religious, like um, not necessarily BLM, but this fuzzy ideology behind BLM and other movements is clearly it's, it's, it's religious. And I would agree that white SFPs are, are, you know, supporting it the, the most. And I think the reason is because SFPs are local, so they have a problem with abstract thought. So it's hard to see that, or that certain a, cer- certain things are insane, right? Um, and they're agreeable. So if everyone around them is saying something, then it you know it must be true. Highly agreeable people, you know, tend to be very empathetic towards their in group. Um, but honestly, m- the more supine you are, I feel like the the more likely you are to be aggressive towards your out group and to dehumanize your out. I don't know. I, I, it seems to be the case that the most empathetic people are also the most aggressive as well. It's it's really weird. I feel like it might be a meza thing too. Yeah. Where yeah. where like you're not seeing the commonalities between your in-group and the out-group because all you see is your in-group and your in-group is the group and everything else is not the group, you know? Like I I don't I I don't know as many SFJs, but I have a harder time seeing an SFJ being aggressive towards an out group than I do an SFP. I 100% agree. Yeah. But it is, it is weird though, because there, there was actually a study that showed that people who are more empathetic towards their in group were less empathetic towards their out group and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, basically supine and probably like it was probably because they did a lot of SFPs and in the study. But yeah, basically, if you're more empathetic to your in group, you are going to be more less empathetic and dehumanize the out group it's it's funny or like take like a typical prone person maybe he has an in group and he's not very empathetic but he's also not going to demonize and hate and try and kill the out group the way i view it is you're always looking so some people are more prone to tribalism and so if you're just always like in the back of your head you're just looking to be more tribal and as soon as the opportunity arises you take it and so it's not about logic it's not about good opinions it's not about 
uh, effectiveness. It's just, can I increase my tribalism? Yeah. I really, I think that's a fairly decent way of modeling it. Do, do you think, do you think STPs are primitive tribalism? I feel like they're not. Not really. No. That's, it feels almost purely an SFP thing. Like, it seems like it's mostly, yeah, FI thing. Um, but like, why would, why are NFPs, NFPs don't seem, I can't imagine them being. Yeah. Tribalism. Maybe they are. We just don't know enough. I don't Even know. Even STJs. I can imagine an STJ definitely being tribal. Really? I guess it has something to do with like Mesa, Sapine. I don't know. Or it could just be like FI. I don't know. It's interesting though. I wish I knew. Um, how do SFPs look? Lanky. They're like NTJs, but more lanky. Big eyes because they're extroverted sensing. Yeah, pretty big eyes. Though you could still expect them to be somewhat inset. Often hazy, but sometimes not. Yeah, I think of all the local types, they're they're most likely to have shiny eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty similar to to NTJs on it, just honestly. Like low labiamental crease. Uh no proscurus. Proceris, I think. Proceris. <laughs> um long phalanges, yeah. Moving on? Moving on. Uh STJ. STJ. So personally I have not a lot of experience with STJs. Me neither. But the uh, functions uh, in no particular order. Well, in partial order, but not particular order. S-I-T-E, uh, F-I-N-E. Fairly conservative. Yeah, in theory to conservative. Fairly conscientious. That N-E can come out to play quite a bit. I think more so than SFJs. Like there's more STJs with bigger N-E than S. There, it's you think more so? Common for, I think so. I think it's more common for STJs to have higher N-E than SFJs. I wonder why, if that's the case. Or maybe I'm just noticing the T and I think of it as N-E. I'm just noticing the critical thought and then I equate it with any who knows yeah maybe maybe going from one anecdote yeah conscientious disagreeable uh they i i will say that at least the stj women are are gonna be relatively interested in like the holistic medicine as well and like organic milk and like uh fresh eggs there's that fi coming out to um, play that's why i assume fi loves bullcrap it's not bullcrap it's healthy <laughs> healthy define healthy uh, hate, it's good for I you i hate that okay? word <laughs> <laughs> there's this one stj uh woman in my parents hall that she's she's a pretty neurotic stj but she is kind of stereotypical, like even MBTI stereotypical of like high conscientiousness, but also like really controlling, um, like controlling socially too. Holistic-y, likes organic eggs. Yeah. I mean, I think like the stereotype of an STJ, which is, you know, close enough is like we've already said, like highly conscientious, nerdy, um, maybe bordering on holistic for the females at least, um, strong strong feelings about norms how do they look uh their eyes are fairly outset um their eyes are typically kind of popping out of their skull uh i wouldn't expect their eyes to be as big as an any user um outside of that though typically somewhat prone the stjs i know are usually very thin i mean i'm, I'm sure there's every body weight out there but even even like the heavier set ones have like a thin looking body shape i'm sure there's a term for that i don't know they're not big boned i guess fi not that i've seen yeah yeah i mean actually i'm wondering if the, I, I don't know if i typed him stj years ago i just always thought he's stj but now i don't remember but he's he fluctuates wildly between 250 and 400 pounds so he's not small boned Maybe he's STP instead. Who knows? Maybe. Sorry, STJs. We don't have a lot of anecdotal experience or opinions about you. I think that's it then, right? Uh, I feel like we probably are. STPs. STPs. Yes. One more. Sorry, STPs. Um, okay. STPs. S-E-T-I-F-E-N-I. I have a lot of anecdotal experience with STPs. Me too. Local, local prone, uh, mesa. Mesa local prone. Yeah. Mesa local prone. Like half of my family is STP. We've got like one of every subtype in my family. Um, they're great. 
They're terrible. They're everything in between. Yep. Depends on the individual. They're fun. Like with every type. They're always fun, though. They're always fun, though. They are always fun. Yes. <laughs> um, one little uh, quip that's partially true. If we're talking about negative stereotypes of STPs versus their inverse NFJs, is I always say um, STPs lie to others. NFJs lie to themselves. <laughs> like, it, and I think that's true. Like, if if you're a liar, if you're someone who doesn't value the truth or you value other things over the truth and it, and it distorts your view, I think STPs will be more likely to acknowledge what they're doing and know that they're fooling someone. While an NFJ will tend to want to fool themselves. I think NFJs have massive hero complexes often. Actually, yeah, NFJs, NFJs I think, by far have the biggest hero complex. And so to have a hero complex, you kind of have to fool yourself. You know, you have to believe that you're a hero. Um, and for SDPs, they're more like, like an NFJ is like a guy with a hero complex. At their, at their worst is like a guy with a hero complex. An SDP at their worst is like a lying salesman, kind of. These are all like huge stereotypes, right, guys? Like don't, all, every every single thing we're saying here are stereotypes or averages or examples, like, but you have S- any STPs in your immediate family? Your brother? Yep. Yeah, my brother. But yeah, F- STPs are like they're 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 local and they're clever. They're always looking for loopholes. They're they're clever physically, you know. Like they're always they're always finding a way around things. They're very creative thinkers. I feel like on a local level, um, they're rule yeah. breakers. Um, I, we've talked about it in a previous episode about how you you've noticed like SFPs getting like pathological. Or not even pathological, but just very heavy NI with age. Yeah. Um, I know I've noticed that a lot with STPs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see anything conspiracy theory related is going to be NI. And I know more than a couple of STPs that are very into um, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, if it isn't conspiracy theory, it's some kind of broad generalization that when you talk to them they have backing for but like their backing usually depends on ignoring obvious facts and i i feel like that's like a that's like a that's like a unhealthy ni kind of thing to do yeah um and you know sfps do it too but i just i know it more i see it more in stps because there's just more high ni stps around me i think than average but yeah they're they're hilarious like a smart stp is funny and hilarious and knows where i'm coming from and i can typically understand where they're coming from despite the differences in functions oh yeah for you they're like on the opposite spectrum and also and also don't share any uh functions interesting yeah yeah but we we typically get along great yeah my my sfp is like your stp right differences between men and women men are way more macho yeah, actually, actually, STP men are very consistently masculine. Like, I'm not saying that all STP men are hyper-masculine, but I'm saying it's very rare to see a feminine STP man. Like, yeah. I think the vast majority of them are, like, average masculinity or well above. Definitely, definitely. The number of, like, STPs I know that are heavily into mechanics and, like, use that as like a signaling point of like, look at me, I'm amazing, I'm into mechanics, is staggeringly high. Um, and even the ones that don't use it for signaling are into mechanics. It's, okay, yeah. It's interesting. I think there's a lot of STP um, comedians, and I think they are, like you said, some of the funniest people ever. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of STP comedians, lots of STP salesmen, the ones that are, you know, higher FE. Yeah. do w- really well with sales i do feel like stp men and women are fairly similar the stp women i know are very at least in my experience stp women are funnier than stp men mm-hmm. um and i'm assuming that's just because naturally higher fe um stp women are they'll rarely be super masculine right stp women generally are gonna be fairly feminine yeah yeah and maybe even like flaunt even maybe even like flaunt their femininity like they might be like overtly sexual even like yeah, I think, yeah. I think SFPs and STPs can both be overtly sexual, but STPs will be, I don't know, classically sexual. I don't know, um, more 
specifically sexual. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're sharper. Yeah, I I think STP women are far more likely to dress like quote unquote nice than STP men. Um, yeah. But again, that might that might just come back to the same signaling that that comes with the FE. You know, like if you're more in tune with your FE and you're more in tune with the people around you, you're more in tune with what other people want to see from you. You know, what's interesting is that I think we had once come to the conclusion that most extremely obese people are STP. I don't know. We haven't talked about that in a while, but there seemed to be a pattern. I wonder if that's the case. I would say that the anecdotes in my life fit that. Chris Farley was, I think he was STP, right? He's a famous um, comedian who died like, I don't know. I have no idea. 2000, maybe. Maybe, maybe later, even 2010, 2005. I have, I have no idea. He's a very famous mm-hmm. comedian. And fat. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> um, definitely substance abuse. We haven't talked about substance abuse much in, all the, in, in any of these types, but STPs, definitely plenty of homeless STPs uh, addicted to alcohol or drugs same with sfps they probably make up the majority of homeless people like even more than sfps i feel yeah it's odd right like you think sfps would be more homeless but i feel like there's a lot of sdp homeless men i wonder why that's the case well probably maybe just because of substance abuse i don't know why that sdps would be more prone to substance abuse but i wouldn't be surprised if they're more prone to substance abuse than sfps more, more prone to substance abuse, and then just they're they're also less likely to uh to care what other people think of them, and they're also hypothetically more likely to be mean to their family members and have more apathetic family members because of that. So, what types are the most prone to substance abuse? Uh, I can't I can't pick a number one, but if I had like it would have to be tied for like SFP or STP. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm leaning towards SFP for like long-term addiction to like moderate, like more mundane-ish things. Like, I think STPs are more likely to try drugs just for the fun of it. And SFPs are more likely to try drugs because everyone around them is doing it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I don't know which one of those results in the higher amount of drug use. STPs are prone, so they're going to have a higher action bias, and SFPs are supine, so they're going to be more agreeable. Mm-hmm. So for two different reasons, they would do drugs. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they have to be tied for first and second in my mind. Like I don't know which one would be higher. Um, after that, I would say NFJ. Yeah, me too. After that, I would say like I see NTPs and NFPs. I see NFPs going for pot easily. Like it's hard to get. You don't get very physically addicted to pot, though. Right, right. So, like, it's hard to, like, define that as, like, a drug abuse as opposed to, like, just drug use. Um, Honestly, I see any users, like, trying, both of them trying, like, heavier stimulants to see what happens. Um, I know I would, like, I know in another reality, there's a version of Alex that tried, I don't know, what's the most popular stimulant that doesn't get you addicted the first time uh, nicotine <laughs> no something better well than it nicotine. is the most popular stimulant it is it is um, the most popular cocaine i guess cocaine. coke yeah. yeah i could see myself like trying it once twice to see just yeah. to see what it's like like curiosity um i could see nfps trying shrooms easily because it's nat- it's natural and so there's already yeah. an appeal to because of that yeah. and then just again the curiosity aspect um yeah, I don't know. Do you agree with that? You, do you see yourself as an NTP leaning more towards stimulants? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, stimulants are more fun, kind of, but they're also more dangerous, I feel like. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I guess it just depends because there's plenty. I mean, like heroin's horrible, obviously, and that's a depressant. So it's it's hard to just like make blatant statements like that. Um, but because I, I have ADHD I think I lean on stimulants, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, as far as substance abuse, I would agree with you. STP, SFP tied for first somewhere around there after that NFJs, which is weird, right? Cause we immediately go to universal. Um, after that, I don't know. Like I want to say SFJs just because they're local, but they're usually pretty conscientious. So yeah, after NFJ, it could be like NTP. I don't even know. I mm. can see 
SFJ men going for pot easily. Um, but I can't see them going beyond that. I think pot's like the limit, at least with the SFJ men that I know. And then I can't really see any SFJ women doing anything like that. Well, I mean, everyone smokes weed nowadays. So I think because it's so accepted, like uh, smoking weed or taking edibles or however you want to do it, I think it's so acceptable nowadays that even SFJ women, you know, are probably half of them are probably smoking or taking edibles or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think the social stigma has something to do with it. I think the social stigma, that's a factor. And then also um, propensity to escaping reality. I mean, I think if you're highly... If you're neurotic, you're going to be more likely. Definitely, regardless of type. Like I think anyone who's neurotic is more, not maybe not necessarily more prone to try drugs, but more prone to stick with the drugs after trying it. I think. We'd like to take this moment to give our thanks to all of our Patreoners. Um, why join our Patreon? Well, we offer pre-show, post-show discussions for our top-tiered Patreoners. Uh, everyone gets a first look at our podcast, so as soon as it's edited, it goes straight up to there. Patreoners get a first look at our blog posts. There's also posts that are exclusive to Patreoners. But yeah, if you're not able to join at the moment, that's fine. Everything that's on Patreon eventually makes it to the public web. So, but it's our way of giving thanks to the people who are able to support us. So, yeah. Um, thanks again, guys.